Welcome to this edition of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm your host, Cam McKinney. This is episode number 26 of the Head to Head Podcast. In this edition of the podcast, I will be talking about two Major League Baseball teams that used to be the biggest rivalry in the sport. This offseason, the New York Mets and the Philadelphia Phillies have been the talk of the town, and I'm going to discuss everything that's going on with both of them. This rivalry was the first real rivalry that I witnessed in sports from 2007 to, let's say, 2010. There was even a five-year window where the Phillies won every single NL East title there was. The Mets and Phillies were the biggest rivalry in the sport, and in all of sports, in my view, of course. Not everyone's view, but that was my view of it. I mean, I was a young baseball fan. The Phillies had players like Jimmy Rollins, Cole Hamels, Ryan Howard. Chase Ugly was so good. Chase Ugly was so good. The Mets had David Wright, Johan Santana, Tom Glavin at the end, Carlos Delgado, Carlos Beltran. These were the biggest names in the sports, and they were playing in the same division. These were the two teams. They were fighting for it all. The Mets and Phillies were primetime ESPN matchups, people. I know it's easy to forget, but this was the biggest rivalry in the sport, and I loved every second of it. The Mets would collapse, the Phillies would win the division, I'm a bit of a Mets fan, and I would be crushed, but the Phillies, I respected them because they had guys, again, they had Roy Halladay at one point, this was the biggest team in the sport, the Mets had their years of ups and downs and everything, but now this offseason, both of these teams are trying to regain that dominance that they once had, and relevancy is more importantly what they're both going after. Let's start everything off with the New York Mets. Um, let's see what have they done this offseason. They've got a new, a new GM who used to be an agent, so that seems fishy, first off, because you know that guy has so much connection to so many players. But what's his first big move? His first big move is to get his biggest client to the Mets, Robinson Cano, who had a 10-year contract with the Seattle Mariners, who played five of those years. He has five years left on his contract. He is 36 years old. And some people think this is the most Met move the Mets could do, was getting Robinson Cano. Well, guess what? Robinson Cano also came with an all-star closer, Edwin Diaz, who I can't explain how lights out he was last year. 49 saves. The kid came out of nowhere. By by nowhere, I mean absolutely nowhere. No one was expecting Edwin Diaz to be the best reliever in baseball. This was flashbacks to Wade Davis coming out of nowhere. This guy is the real deal. The Mets went all in and getting him. They also get Robinson Cano. Well, I know the steroid suspension. I know all that. This is a guy who's won a batting title. This guy's a beast at times. He's one of the best power hitters. It's the second base position's ever seen. He's he's no Joe Morgan, but he is what he is at this point. I mean, I have to have him. They they're only paying about sixty million left of his contract. I know to most mere mortals that sounds like a lot, but in baseball terms, the Mets have to put up now. It was put up or shut up time, and the Mets put up. I mean, they got Robinson Cano. They've now got Edwin Diaz. They've signed. All-star catcher Wilson Ramos, who's a really good hitter, who I loved when he was on the Nationals. This guy is real. He can hit. 
He was one of the better hitters in the game with the Rays and Phillies last year. This guy is a real deal catcher. They didn't give up a ton to get JT Relamunto. I don't want to get into that. Why are we treating that guy like he's Johnny Bench? He's not. The Mets got the second best option, Wilson Ramos. He has some injury issues, but I like the move. They also bring back all-star closer Jerry Seuss. Familia to be the setup guy. Three years, $30 million. It's a little much for a setup guy now that they have Diaz, but I'm fine with that. If they want to build the all-star, all-star bullpen, that's fine with me. That's fine. But the Mets need to win now because they're not going to have Noah Syndergaard and Jacob DeGrom together forever. There's a window there. There's a two- or three-year window here. They need to win now, and I love the approach. I love the approach. I do. It's Put up time, and the Mets are finally putting up. They are involved in every single thing that's happened so far this season. They've gotten a reliever, they've gotten a catcher, they've got a slugger. They already had Cespedes, they already have Frazier, they have everything. Conforto, this is a full on baseball team. Whether or not they win 85 games or lose 100, I don't know. It's either going to work out marvelously or it's going to become the biggest disaster in the sports because that's just what the Mets do. There is no middle ground to the Met fandom and the Mets. There's no middle ground. They're either 95 wins, a World Series like we saw in 2015, or there are 100 losses and they look terrible like last season. Last season started off, people, 8-0 and for the Mets, and then they collapse. It's a, <laughs> collapse is a big word because they, they, they just suck the rest of the way. But I mean, come on, what are we doing it's time for the Mets to, to Grom won a Cy Young and he couldn't even win 12 baseball games. And I know Brian Kenny will say the win doesn't matter. You need to get that guy more wins. You need to take advantage of the games he's pitching in marvelously. You need to take advantage of Noah Syndergaard. You need to take care of every single one of their young pitchers. It's now time to take that. You need to be more consistent than a World Series trip here and then nothing. They need to build for the future, and I don't know if Robinson Gano is going to be good or he's going to end up being Bobby Bonilla-like. None of us know how it's all going to play out, but I believe it's a risk worth taking because he would be, at his best, the overall best hitter on the Mets. He even surpasses Yoannis Cespedes, in my mind, as being a better hitter. Now, when they get Cespedes back is another thing. Will he be the Cespedes of old, or will he be, I play too much golf, Yoannis Cespedes? We shall find out. He is probably going to come back mid-July, based on some reports that I've heard. This is the time for the Mets to see what they've got. They've got guys like Todd Frazier, who's been there before. He's a home run hit machine. He doesn't get a lot of singles. He's a home run or nothing. But it's time. It's time. Conforto's good enough. These guys are good enough. They've got so many guys. they got like Juan Lagares, who's a great defensive center fielder. They've gotten rid of Wilmer Flores. They've gotten rid of some of those Mets that I liked. It's time to just put up. They get the all-star closer. They get the all-star second baseman. They get the all-star catcher. That's a good offseason. Whether or not you think the price is too steep, I think it's a good offseason. And I don't think it's an offseason that should be done. I think they should be in on moves. A guy I like for the Mets to go after is like Marwin Gonzalez. Somebody like that type. Have a guy who can play multiple positions. I still think they need more offensively because they need to get these pitchers runs their offense was supposed to be so much better than it ended up being it's time for the Mets to be a consistent 
offensive team. They need stuff. They need a shortstop. If you want my opinion, I it can't go with these young guys anymore. You need to win with DeGrom, and you need to win with Syndergaard on the roster. Because if those guys leave and you've won nothing, you've set your franchise back a decade. And then you'll be stuck. That's how this contract will be bad. Or that's how Robinson Cano will be bad. If you end up with not winning and you don't have Syndergaard and you don't have DeGrom. I think DeGrom will will sign there long term, not Syndergaard. But I really don't know how this could play out. They can end up losing both and be left with Robinson Cano. That would be the worst case scenario for the New York Mets. I I really hope it all works out for them. It's gutsy. And I think sometimes gutsy needs to be rewarded. But I do want to bring in a case of when a guy was gutsy. The San Diego Padres. When their new GM came in town, he got Matt Kemp, he got Craig Kimbrell, and he got James Shields. That's kind of similar to what the Mets just did. An aging slugger, a reliever. And again, an all-star closer. That's exactly what the new GM for the Mets just did. That comparison, that didn't work out well. The Padres sold all of those guys within a half a season. If the same fate happens to the Mets, would I be surprised? No. But again, it would definitely be worst-case scenario for the New York Mets. Now I want to talk about their counterpart and rivals, the Philadelphia Phillies, whose owner said he was going to put up, quote, stupid money. Let's examine last offseason for the Phillies. I don't think their moves worked out. I'm just going to point this out. Brought in Carlos Santana to a three-year, $60 million contract. They traded him away to Seattle. He's since been traded away back to Cleveland. That move did not work out for them. A lot of their moves haven't seemed to work out. Their one move that did seem to work out, though, was getting new manager Gabe Kapler into the fold. I like his attitude. I like his newfound baseball thinking, or whatever you want to call it. I like the direction that the team is going in within leadership. But it just feels like the Phillies, to me, are a team that don't have guys who play set positions. What is Reese Hoskins? Is he a first baseman, or is he an outfielder? What is... A bunch of these guys, they don't play, they're not, you know what I mean? Like, I I come from the old mind, if Dustin Pedroia is the second baseman, that's what he is. I love that baseball has become this, like, sometimes the player plays first base, sometimes he plays center field. That's cute. But these guys, I don't know what they are. Reese Hoskins should be a slugging first baseman. It looks like that's what he'll be next year. That's what he should be. But... Again, it just seems like there's a bunch of those guys. Like Nick Williams is a nice second baseman who can also play outfield. I don't really know what he is. He's just kind of a mix. They don't have an identity. They don't have a great slugger. Could Reese Hoskins become that slugger? Sure, but I think that's their biggest flaw. Again, Aaron Nola was the most surprised pitcher of the year last year. He was a Cy Young contender. Big things. Let's let's talk about what the, the Phillies have done so far this offseason. They brought in Gene Segura, and they brought in aging Andrew McCutcheon. Andrew McCutcheon had a nice little year with the Pirates and Yankees. Again, three years, $50 million sounds a little steep, and that does sound like stupid money, and I don't mean that in the good way. That move could work out either way. It could go good, and it could go real bad, because if he's lost it, I've seen McCutcheon play MVP-like, and I've seen him play bad. This deal could really go either way. As for Segura, Segura is a really great like singles hitter, but it doesn't bring fear into my eyes that he's on the Phillies. Again, they don't really have a catcher. They don't really have 
a lot of things. JT Relamuto really makes sense for the Phillies. The Phillies are in on Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. That's that's no secret. I think they're going to get one of the two with their, quote, stupid money. But the real question is, is this what the Phillies should be doing? Have they not learned their lesson to give guys contracts for long? Did the Ryan Howard contract work out long term? Yes, you got a World Series after no, you got a World Series before. Did the Chase Utley, did keeping those guys there long before they should have been gone, did that really work out? Did Jimmy Rollins work out? Did those any of those deals work out? I'm, I'm forgetting. I forgot their dynasty run. No. Haven't the Phillies learned the lesson? I would hope the second time around, now that they have a little bit of a chance to be good again, that they would learn their lesson and say maybe we shouldn't go all in with, quote, stupid money. And to me, that comment means they really haven't learned their lesson. It's like, we'll sometimes be a big market team, then we'll go away for a while, and then we're back. And it's like, I don't know, it didn't work out the first time. They should First of all, that team should have won more than one title, but a lot of the reasons they didn't is because they were stuck with the Ryan Howards who all of a sudden couldn't hit a lefty, or the Chase Utley's who aged, or the Jimmy Rollins, or the Raul Abanez, contract after contract after contract that they were stuck with that was bad. They gave out so many bad contracts to guys. They, Brad Lidge was there way too long. The Phillies need to learn their lesson here. Three years, $50 million for McCutcheon? It seems like a bit of a risk. Getting the Gene Segura contract is fine. He's young enough. But that, that's a risk. In and of itself, it's a risk. And I'm not sure it's worth taking. I, for one, think the Phillies' biggest need is a second starter to go along with Nola. Nola was really, really, really great last year. They need a guy like Dallas Keigel. They need some guys who can just give depth to their starting pitching. That's not so great. I mean, other than Nola, it's just a bunch of guys to me. Nola is a clear ace. Nola is their guy. He's the Cole Hamels type guy that they used to have back when I watched them. It needs to go back to that. They need more guys. They once had a pitching rotation that was so good. Remember this rotation? Hamels, Halliday, Cliff Lee, Roy Oswalt. Heck, even Joe Blanton was in that rotation. That was one of the greatest rotations of all time. And again, it didn't last that long, but they need to build through starting pitching. I mean, what does Manny Machado really do? Can I be honest with you? I mean, it's going to get excitement. He's a superstar player. He's an all-time talent. It's just not a need. Yes, I said they need a real slugger. I, I would go more Bryce Harper for them than uh, Manny Machado. I think Manny Machado's going to end up in a... The Yankees, but I'll, I'll talk about that some other time. But I think they have a real need for starting pitching. I think they should go for more than the one guy. I think they should get those type of guys. You added Segura, you should probably add another slugger. I think there's there's some guys you could add. I mean, come on. Come on. For all the money added, Bryce Harper has hit 250 in two of the last three years. That doesn't read to me, give me $400 million. I'm sorry I come from the old school fashion baseball thing. Alex Rodriguez got $325 million because he had back-to-back 57 home run seasons. He earned it. You don't want to hear this, people, but Alex Rodriguez actually earned his money. 
To me, Manny Machado has actually earned a bigger contract than Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, two of the last three years, 250 batting average and below. That's not good. That's not break the bank. Just because he's 25 and he's flashy and he talks a lot and Jonathan Papelbaum wants to choke him out, it doesn't mean you should put him on your baseball team. It just doesn't. He's not worth it. It's not going to end well. I think that's the contract. I really believe this. That's not going to end up with a World Series winner. He's not. The, the teams that can absorb him would be the Red Sox or Yankees. If the Phillies end up with Bryce Harper, they'll really end up with Bryce Harper. And they won't end well. That's my prediction. If they get Bryce Harper, it will not end well for them. It will not end well for Bryce Harper to the Phillies. He will take up way too much of their cap space. Way too much. I don't think they can absorb that. Again, that would be stupid money in the stupidest way possible. I just, it doesn't, it's not even a fit. Yes, he'd hit a lot of home runs. He'd have to play like center field there. Last year, Bryce Harper's defense was awful. He's becoming an awful defensive outfielder. There's all this talk of, oh, we can play for his pick. I, I think Bryce Harper is overrated. I think he's a superstar type of guy, but I'm not sure he's a superstar type of player. He's just built in to become a superstar because he was the number one draft pick and he was on Sports Illustrated. His MVP year was all-time good. He hasn't had anywhere near close to that. He's injury prone. He's not the type of guy you throw four hundred million. Again, Alex Rodriguez got two big contracts. Two thousand seven, when he before he opted out with the Yankees, he had fifty four home runs and had the biggest baseball season I've ever seen. And then he made the second, well, the biggest contract to date. Then, yeah, I mean, Alex Rodriguez earned his money. So many of these guys that have made that much money have earned their money. Has Bryce Harper honestly earned that type of money? My answer is no. Has Manny Machado really earned that type of money? That's a more interesting debate. I mean, I could see it happen. I wouldn't be mad if the Phillies did it. The Phillies need to be relevant in some way. The, the Braves are on their backs and the Mets are coming. I don't know. Are the Phillies going to get lost in the the race? It's possible. Again, they add Aaron Nola. Segura's a nice pickup. McCutcheon could go either way, though, people. McCutcheon could go either way. I like what both of these teams are doing, but the Phillies, it just seems like they're kind of like building a baseball team out of a bunch of guys that don't fit. They don't seem to fit well together as a team. It's a mismatch of Reese Hoskins and Nick Williams and Mikel Franco, who... I don't really know. He's a third baseman. He's a nice young little player, but they seem to bench him sometimes. Odubo Herrera is one of their better hitters, and he wasn't even in the opening day lineup. Odubo Herrera, that guy can really hit. Don't lose some of those guys to get Bryce Harper. That's my problem, is to get the guys that you've developed to become good, like Odubo Herrera and Reese Hoskins. Don't take those guys away so that you can fit a guy like Bryce Harper. Because in the end... That move won't work. Don't break up the band to bring in the solo artist. Because the solo artist and Bryce will ruin 
the sweet, sweet music of the Phillies winning baseball teams. That was a terrible analogy, but that's what I'm going with. The Phillies need to keep some of this unit together. They have some good pieces. They need some starting pitching, and they need more offense. Don't bring in the $400 million, this is the guy we're just going to talk about all the time type of player. Both the Phillies and the Mets along the way have lost their identities as teams these last five years, and they need to make the right moves to regain their steps and to regain their former glory. So far this offseason, I think the Mets have done way more than the Phillies have. It feels like the Phillies are just like, oh, the Carlos Santana didn't work out. Let's get Gene Segura. Uh, it doesn't. Again, Gene Segura, they need to improve their defense also. The Phillies' defense last year was putrid. Bad, bad, bad. But the Mets, they improved their offense, they've improved their pitching, and they've improved their defense. Robinson Cano is a decent defensive second baseman. Even though he's 36 years old, he is a bullet of an arm. I like the pickup. It's all or nothing, and the Philly and the Mets are going for it all. Both of these teams are fascinating because it could either they're they're either going to rise to the occasion or they're going to fall like the Phillies or Mets have done each of the last five years. The Mets have had re- more recent glory than the Phillies. The 2015 trip to the World Series. The Phillies have gone five years without the playoffs. Five years without the playoffs. One of these teams are going to make the playoffs this year. One or both of these teams could make the playoffs this year. This is good for baseball when these two teams are good. It brings back old memories of watching them battle for the NL East. Now you've got the Braves, you've got the Mets, you've got the Phillies. The NL East really could be the most interesting division in all of baseball. And I, for one, am hoping that these two teams can make it interesting. Because the Braves are really the ones that could just take off with Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies. They have monster young players, but the Mets and Phillies are trying to buy rosters. It's the young it's the young gun Braves versus the you know the the money Mets and the money Phillies. I mean, can the money beat the young guys? It's a fascinating race. It's going to be the most interesting race in baseball next year for me personally to see which one of these teams really grabs the bull by the horn and regains their former glory. I, I, of course, am rooting for the Mets to do that because I do root for the Mets. But again, Wilson Ramos could have injury issues. Robinson Cano could be suspended again or something. Edwin Diaz might have been a one-hit wonder. It will be so fascinating to see what happens with the Mets. Will Yoannis Yo- Cespedes come back and become the hero we've all been waiting for the last three years? We shall certainly see. One thing's for certain, though. The Mets and Phillies have been the two most interesting teams this offseason. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm Cam McKinney. There will be a new episode of the Head to Head Podcast every Monday on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again. Mm-hmm.